This is Bigger Pockets Daily, the no excuses everyday audio version of the world's number one real estate blog. I'm Tyler, and each day I read you short, digestible articles from biggerpockets.com. You can scroll through the catalog and see which titles catch your eye, or just make this a part of your daily ritual. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Six Charts That Paint a Picture of Where the Housing Market Is At by Matt Meyer The housing market is in an unfamiliar place. After several years of appreciation and a few years of massive booms across the U.S., the train is finally losing steam. With affordability maxing out, prices are on the decline, along with increasing inventory, median days on market, and migration patterns that are disproportionately affecting the way markets rise and fall. So on today's podcast, we break down six charts that characterize the current housing market. First up, affordability is lower than ever. First things first, mortgage rates have skyrocketed this year from an exceptionally low 3% to just over 7% as of early October. While 7% is still lower than historical rates that flirted with 20% in the 1980s, <laughs> it has still created sticker shock for prospective home buyers calculating their would-be monthly payments and has led to the fastest declining affordability rate ever seen. Of course, we have the Fed to blame for this. For the most part, Chairman Jerome Powell's ultimate goal is to defeat inflation, so raising interest rates, especially at the pace they've been doing so, is meant to quell spending and slow down the economy. Housing prices are just one piece of the puzzle. The combination of historically high real estate prices, rapidly rising interest rates, and 40-year highs in inflation have made this the least affordable market we could imagine. 
According to NAHB Wells Fargo Housing Opportunity Index, that's a mouthful, which measures the relationship between household income and housing cost, the index is at the lowest it's ever been. The next chart will break down the S&P Case-Shiller Index, which has looked wild since the beginning of the pandemic. Would you believe me if I told you that it had its first recorded month-to-month drop since December 2018 to January 2019? Of course, a one-point drop isn't the beginning of housing Armageddon, but it breaks the trend and shows that we're moving into a softer market. It's also important to note that this data hasn't been updated since July, so when August's data comes out, we're expecting to see this fall even more. Overall, appreciation has been rising since 2012 and really hit the gas in 2020. This is the first time many new investors are seeing any sort of drop in prices, which is significant development. It's important to note that home prices are still up year over year, YOY. Redfin's data from August suggests we're still up 6.7% YOY. However, this is expected to change as the months roll by. The next thing we'll look at is supply and demand remains somewhat complicated. BiggerPockets VP of Data and Analytics Dave Meyer spoke about the lock-in effect several months ago, before mortgage rates were increasing as fast as they are now. The idea is that as mortgage rates increase, homeowners will be less inclined to sell their homes as they likely have lower fixed rates and may find it harder to afford their next home. They'll also find themselves selling in a market with falling prices, yet higher costs of living. While statistics suggest that the average length of time a homeowner stays in their home is eight years, the odds of them selling right now are low. Anyway, (laughs) if they locked in a 3% rate within the past couple of years, I'll also remind you that mortgage rates still hovered around 4% in 2014. As rates increase, you may find that many would-be equity-rich sellers who have lived in their homes for a long time will hold out until rates come back down. It's also important to note that homeowners who may have had high rates probably refinanced within the last two years, resetting the clock. Regardless, inventory, while rising, is still staying within cyclical norms. Here's the conundrum. If supply decreases, demand remains higher despite it decreasing. I think it's pretty evident that demand will remain higher than supply for the foreseeable future. The question is, how well it paces against supply, as that will be a big factor in how much home prices rise and fall, and even more importantly, where? Which brings us to migration patterns. The question of where brings me to my final analysis for the podcast. Migration patterns are ever-present, but there were some big-time winners during the pandemic. Austin, Texas, Boise, Idaho, Tampa, Florida, Phoenix, Arizona, and many other cities saw tremendous growth during the pandemic. Meanwhile, juggernaut cities like San Francisco and New York City lost some of their population. During the pandemic, many of those boom towns saw the highest appreciation rates in the country. Austin's median sales price capped out at $670,000 in May, up 15.5% YOY. Massive. Boise got up to 585K, nearly 21% YOY. But now, those same markets are softening, both taking a hundred grand median sales price tumbles since their peaks. What does this mean? A couple of things, actually. One, it proves the affordability crisis is real, 
and is either pushing people out of markets or preventing them from coming in. Second, it means that some markets will continue to appreciate while others will decline. Most importantly, the markets that experience the most rapid appreciation stand to lose the most, as some may have overinflated well beyond their intrinsic values. Picking and choosing which markets will wind up like this is a little bit easier said than done. However, by looking at the regional migration patterns, you can get a pretty good idea of what homeowners are thinking. Real estate is local. Therefore, keeping track of local trends is just as critical to making sound investments as any national trend can show. One of the more overlooked but essential elements of market analysis is recognizing and understanding population trends. If a state's population is growing, is that because the state is experiencing an influx of newcomers? Or is it just a product of birth rates? Furthermore, does the state offer business or tax incentives that would lead folks to move from places with higher taxes or poor business incentives? Exhibit A is the migration from California to Florida. California, one of the country's highest tax states, versus tax-free Florida. With enough research, you can make well-educated bets on what markets stand the most to gain and lose. Let's wrap things up for today. As the housing market shifts, staying informed is the best way to protect yourself and your investments. So the charts that we kind of narrowed in on today kind of paint a picture of where we're at right now. But things can change quickly. If you want to take a look at the charts, by the way, that we talked about, you can see them at biggerpockets.com or right inside this article. Even if the market you're in or want to be in is starting to soften, it could still be a decent bet in the long run if the intrinsic economic factors are in line. If the population is growing and business and wage growth are solid, you wouldn't be out of your mind to invest during the dip and ride out the wave. After all, real estate is considered one of the safest investments you can make. And most of the time, when markets fall, they rise again. All right. Thanks for making this show a part of your hump day. You know what else happens every Wednesday? Bigger Pockets webinars. They're live and free. You can register at biggerpockets.com slash webinar. Plus, if you're a pro member, you get unlimited webinar replays. What are your plans tomorrow? Hopefully, they include another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. See you then.